And so it begins. The whole of his mind is apparently his personality. Wait, 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 wait. A rabbi and a boxer arrive on a space station. Broke off. Guys, I have a stop. He's now. totally hitting on Kosh now. Totally sexual harassment. Basically, the Mount Rario drama queen. He's gonna come out of his butt. I can't believe this martial law crack where I have been, dammit. Hey, <laughs> Jeff- Jeffrey Sinclair. Oh, ah, what's happening? Oh, my God. This must teach Rocket Cast not to blow up universe. My Whedon senses should have been tingling. And we know that Ikea survived. This torture session may be recorded for quality assurance. <laughs> that was me. Now he's a dead robber. Jack the Ripper, you there. So long. Welcome to Down Below, a Babylon 5 intro cast. I'm Ian. I'm Heidi. And I'm Beth. This week there's no Will, and I'm running things again. Oh no! <laughs> uh, but I think just a guest. Melanie's returning. Yay, Melanie! <laughs> Great to hey have guys. you. Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> Thanks. Hopefully things will actually go well for us. Um, from now on, had a little bit of technical difficulties before we started the show. Um, when was the last time we had you aboard, Melanie? It was for the, uh, the long night uh, episode five in season four. So you like uh, things with long night in the title. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a list of all the titles that are something like that here. Uh. Yeah. JMS likes them. We've had the long dark, a race through dark places, all alone in the night, the long twilight struggle, the fall of night, ceremonies of light and dark, the long night, and between the darkness and the light. Oh, oh my wow. gosh, you just roll those off yeah. really fast. And there'll be a uh, few other titles before the end. We're not done with titles like this. Yeah. Uh, well, before we get into the episode, um, let's give you your regularly scheduled ISN report. This is the Interstellar News Network. Earning back your trust, one broadcast at a time. Babylon 5 and the Centauri homeworld were on high alert yesterday, as future Emperor Londo Malari was in critical condition following a heart attack on the station. He was treated by med lab personnel and is currently in stable condition. Sources tell us that he was on the verge of death, at one point needing to be revived, we were also told that, surprisingly, his most stalwart visitor today has been Narn Ambassador Jakar. A reminder to be on the lookout for a group of fugitives led by a leader known as Byron. Byron has long, silky, shiny, creepy hair. As a general rule, keep your distance from anyone with this hair. Stroke off. My name is Lou Sitzma. I'm the one responsible. I introduced Karen to Farscape. She got sucked into the series big time. Now we're doing this podcast together. I've created a monster. Reviewing all 88 episodes and the four-hour miniseries. That's a lot of podcasts. At the end, will it be enough for her? It has to be. But the thing that scares me most? My biggest fear. Is by the time we get to the end... Hope we can make it. Will the two of us still be on talking terms? It could get ugly. Good thing the journey is sure to be a blast. Lots of great scaper conversations. Captured in these chronicles, so you can know. The 
wondrous things that we've heard. Put on your leather pants and reload your pulse pistol. I'm on another planet. What the frell? I hate this stuff. Chicks love it. Can I get a hell yeah? It's my duty, my breeding since birth. It's what I am. You can be more. Escape Cast, your guide to the wonders of Farscape. Listen to the Scaper Chronicles at scapecast.org. Okay then, the very little night of Londo Malari. I did a bit of research, so I get to do the wheel fact. Mm-hmm. Our writer, of course, is J. Michael Straczynski. <laughs> the director is David J. Eagle. I'm not sure when the last episode he directed was, but he's a regular director, so you've seen his work before. It first aired in the US on the 28th of January, 1998. And this is the 90th episode not including movies, I think. Nice. Um, yeah, the story it takes place between the twentieth and the twenty-first of January, twenty-three sixty-two. Um, and those are the actual production notes, I suppose. Uh, apart from our two guest actors, because there were only two minor roles in this, and well, I'll get to those as we discuss this plot. <laughs> And it starts in Delenn's quarters where John's sharing the bed. He's getting quite uncomfortable. (laughs) Looks terrible. He's getting quite used to them though. I mean, do they have like a footrest at the bottom? I know, how do you stay on it? It it doesn't seem very good for blood clots either. No. 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 (laughs) Yeah, I think he needs to put his foot down so to speak <laughs> I mean they can do one where the half bed half the bed is tilted and half the bed isn't well probably in his quarters they sleep on a normal bed and yeah. in hers they sleep yeah. on that bed so. they'll just have to make sure when they go to remember that you know it's an earth bed I just think for yeah. health reasons that it's not the best bed for humans I'm just saying nah, yeah <laughs> oh, well, especially geez. if your legs swell Yes, it's like <laughs> it's like the same reason that you have to get up and and stretch on a plane is like you know the blood flowing to your feet and all that and mm-hmm. it's not moving around and yeah and like when it, it's really yeah. hot and humid like uh, my feet swell at work and stuff and so like then yeah. at night it's like it all flows back. <laughs> Bari's do not have this problem apparently. Yeah, apparently so. Um, but Delane gets up fairly quickly because he's got a call. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this coming in. Yeah, this man recalled Rural. Um, and apparently she's going to lose Lanier. Aww. <gasps> I'm done with Lanier. <laughs> well. Yeah. I'm sorry, well... he needs to get a little whiny brat. <laughs> well, right now. yeah. Yeah. Uh, before we discuss too much on Lanier, um, Rural is one of our two guest actors. Uh, the actor's name is Ross Kettle, and he really doesn't hasn't done much else on IMDb. That there really isn't much that stand out. Okay, he's a bit part actor, um, and basically, Rel wants to send a new aide. Um, and I'm going to do something a little different from Will uh, because most of the story features on Londo. I'm just going to get this whole plot with Lanier out of the way. That works. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the next thing we see with Delen is Lanier coming into her quarters like it's just every other day and nothing's the matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And here he said something about... Uh, uh, Valen said something and my notes uh, just said, Jeff said. <laughs> yeah, Jeff. <laughs> Why do we have to keep referring to I know. Valen? I know. <laughs> but, okay, so... I was trying to remember. They know that Vay is Jeff, right? Yeah, yes. they do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I, I just, I was blanking because I know went back and he was Valen, but I wasn't sure if he like discussed it with them first or whatever, or how they talked about Mar- it. Marcus figured it out when he went back. Yeah, okay. and um, Delaine uh, had the discussion with. Uh, what's it, uh, Sheridan and Zathras about this as well? About him being Valen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, in my mind that they, they did know, but then I was trying to remember how they, um, this is just so weird that they're still, like, deferring to Valen's wisdom. I mean, I mean, Sinclair is a smart guy, but... But yeah, doesn't it kind of take him down a notch? I think it does. Well, at least when it's uh, just Len and Lanier talking. Right. You know? I mean, I guess if you've been saying it all your life, you know, like quoting the text of Valen and whatever, but still, I would think that I would be like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if I we found him. out Jesus was really Ian going right. back in time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be a great guy and start everything, but it would be a little different. Uh, sorry, Ian, I wouldn't be <laughs> quoting you any longer. Uh, yeah, you. You kind of know it would be me just theory crafting everything rather than <laughs> lots of phrasing. Uh, uh, at least Len stops Lanier here and just says, "You are you going to tell me something?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, how long did he think? I mean, I guess he said he, he thought he was going to tell her later. Or something yeah, he like was going to fix her dinner or something. Yeah. Oh my god, romantic <laughs> dinner, candles. Yeah. This was the episode that forced me forced me to accept that uh, Lanier was in love with Delen. This like this? Really? Yes. Because he actually said it in season three. Yeah, but I was, I was pretending that he wasn't in love <laughs> because the rest uh-huh. friend for for Shaiwaki too. Oh dear, but uh, I he really sounds like a petulant kid in this scene, he though. Really yes, needs to. I mean, he needs to go on a little walkabout. Just get it out of his system. Just find live a, it up. Find a singer in a bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's going to go and uh, do some uh, ranger training. Yeah, and they'll end the point out that that's dangerous, but they've been fighting shadows. Yeah. I have predictions on this stuff. Oh. oh, that'll be interesting to hear <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, um, it's so obvious in this scene, though, that Lanier loves Delenn. Oh, Delenn, yeah. Delenn's well, she knows kind of, it. Like, yeah, she's trying to placate him here, and, you know... I wouldn't say placate, you know. I think she's pretty clear that she married. Yeah, yeah but she and... also doesn't want to lose him. Like, Yeah, but that's, like, genuine. That's not, yeah. like, you know... I'm just going to try to make him feel better. That's like, I seriously, he's my friend. Like, Uh I've been working close with him for four years, you know. Mm. 
it's un- it's unfair of him to do this to her, for, you know, for this. But at the same time, I mean, if he really can't handle it, um, I mean, that's so silly. <laughs> I don't know. He needs to get over the it. The thing is, the reasons why he said he's going away aren't to try and get over it. It's to try and impress her even more. That's true. He wants to be better for her. Yeah, like, that's well, oh, wait. even worse. How is that going to... That's not going to change your situation. <laughs> no. Is this a... Maybe it's a Mimbari thing that there's, like, triangle. <gasps> that's, like, a normal thing in Mimbari culture. Well, <laughs> no, I'm not going to go to jump to that, but... Well, did Linda say that for the Mimbari 3 is sacred when uh, she yeah. talks to Sheridan later? Yes, and then he has to make inappropriate. Yeah. I was really annoyed with him. I was like, that, that, that was bad. I can't remember what he said. Was it oh, about threesome? Made, yes. Yeah. yeah. He was like, "Oh, I'm not comfortable with or something." I don't. I don't I'm know. not ready for that or something like yeah. that. Yeah, unless it's oh boy, goodness. boy, girl, or Charlize Theron. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, they also. He also said, should I talk to her? And the look the lens suits him. It's just, don't you dare. Oh, just, yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, it was. And I was right there with her. I was like, okay, come on. This is a serious matter. And you're basically, I think you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wasn't great, really. But at least out of all of this, we get another linear via scene. Yes, I was very happy with that. Mm. Yeah, we're sitting all alone on the bar with all his worries he's got at the moment, and then you see Lanier walking up to him in the background. Aww. I wish we could have seen like one more motorcycle ride. <laughs> uh, no, I know, or at least one more these scenes because we've only gotten two of them so far. Yeah. yeah. My head canon is that they've been a meeting there every week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a lovely scene. I mean, even at the end when, you know, they do the traditional Mambari bow and then Veer just grabs Lanier in a bear hug. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, to... yeah, I think Lanier just the human, I mean, physical contact. With yeah, he really did. Yeah. Yeah. But he's going to be disappointed by the Hurley Temple. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what, you know. Whether that's part of uh, Ranger training. <laughs> what? To learn about the temples? To learn about the Shirley Temple. Oh, yeah. the Shirley Temples, yeah. <laughs> because, of course, alcohol has bad effects on Membari. <laughs> the Shirley Temple doesn't yeah. have no alcohol? No. It's just oh, cherry well, spray. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a non-alcoholic drink. Alright, and the final in this scene is at the end uh, saying goodbye to Len. Yeah, just everything we've already said, basically. <laughs> yeah. He's just being whiny. Mm-hmm. And was he going to leave without saying goodbye? I kind of got that, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, well, all... she's done nothing wrong. I mean, and this is me defending the lead. Yeah, so... look at this. <laughs> she definitely did nothing wrong. Yeah. It's, um, it's also uh, the way he acted is kind of, He's still being a little bit creepy with the whole thing of, you know, the lend will be in his heart, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's Lanier off. I don't know when we're going to see him again. 
I'm, I'm curious to hear from anybody that thinks that this is, you know, romantic or, you know, nice. I mean, maybe back in the 90s, but I think I think the idea has changed a bit of what is considered to be appropriate behavior for unrequited love. And um, it's more on the side of stop being a creep. Well, and see, there's like, I don't know, there's a difference between, say, like, let's go to Buffy because that's where we always go. Between Spike... <laughs> stalking Buffy, let's face it, that's what he does. Yeah. Um, and this. And maybe it's the difference of, because Nier and Delenn don't have chemistry, it's not there. Um, I don't know exactly what the difference is, but it just uh, doesn't, it doesn't here, it doesn't look like oh yeah, they should totally get together. Well, I mean, half the time, another shows I feel it's less selfish. Lemire's being selfish with his own requited love. He's holding on to it possessively. He's not willing to deal with it and deal with the fact that he's not going to be with the Len. Yeah, it's almost like, and he's he's not. I don't think he's doing this to punish her, but it's almost like he is punishing her because now she has to, you know, take you know her friends going away, her confidant, the person he trusts. It's um, like he wants her to miss him and. Mm it's like a tactic almost or something. I don't think that it is on his part, but it almost seems that way of like, oh, well maybe she'll just miss me so much when I'm gone that when I come back, then I'll be better for her and then she'll want me. Yeah. And mm. even though I do think Spike is a horrible, horrible jerk with the way he stalks Buffy, I do agree that it doesn't help that Lanier and Dylan do not have chemistry mm -hmm. together. You know? So that doesn't help as a viewer, I mean. Yeah. Oh, um, we'll be discussing... You should discussing... go after beer, really, because they have good... <laughs> <laughs> they really do. As long as beer is open to it, obviously. We don't want another situation. Uh, I don't know. Lanier <laughs> might be. Well, he, you know, he's well, a centauri, after all. It can't be worse than with Lindisty. <laughs> I know, that's true. <laughs> They're not actually married right now, right? No. Yeah. No. Her family was reconsidering, and then we never heard from her again. Yeah. Although, if um, Veer does end up becoming Emperor, they'll try and go after the whole um, no thing oh, again, sure, won't they? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was the Emperor who granted uh, Landor's divorce, so uh, Veer can probably decide himself if he's Emperor. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So, shall we go to the main storyline then? Sure, yep. Yeah. Uh, Lando and his bravari. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it must be good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. He he's almost doing what uh, Garibaldi did when when he had his um, health plan thing set in motion. He's doing anything he can. Yeah, he's Bonnie Cauda. Yeah. Poor, poor Zach. Nobody shows him any respect. I know. No. Zach needs to lay down the law. Yeah. Londo says something that uh, Zach is acting like he's running the universe, but. That's what Londo's been doing for the past few seasons. <laughs> yeah, and um, uh, um, Zach is head of security. Right. Yeah. It's to keep I mean, you safe, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it must be an increasingly difficult position when now not only have you got ambassadors on the stations, but you've also got the head of an inter new interstellar empire and the and the soon-to-be emperor of 
a whole race on the station to look mm-hmm. after as well. Yeah. Give him a break. And like rogue, you know, Clark ciders and whatever else. Yeah. Psy and- refugees and who knows. And then of course you've got what used to be the League of Non Aligned Worlds. They're still around acting like idiots. <laughs> so he, he, while Zach and uh, Vera having a conversation, you see Lundo sneaking a drink from one of the bottles in the background mm-hmm. just, and then just topple over. Almost, but not quite a comedy fall. It did seem like he got poisoned, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. It was very convenient timing. <laughs> but he was very riled up, so. He was so happy to be drinking it. Mm. Yeah, shock to the system, I suppose. So, straight after the credits, um, just a shot straight out of VR, Malari being rushed into Red Lab. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Franklin in this episode is doing his job. Yay! He did stroke Wando's face a few times, though. I missed it. <laughs> I must have missed it, too. We need no, face I think stroke count. He actually mostly uh, was like messing with the machines or whatever, but there was a couple face touches. <laughs> it makes sense <laughs> for Franklin. Oh yeah. Yeah, but um, Veer still thinks it's poisoning and ha- makes a scene in the Zoclo with Garibaldi. I'm not sure why Garibaldi's relaying this information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe it's just to have Garibaldi in an episode. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't something. remember he was in it, so I was like, oh, okay, he wasn't in it, but I didn't remember. Yeah, he's only in this scene, I think. Yeah, I had to find something for him. To- mm. mm-hmm. So, it wasn't poisoning, it was a heart attack. Yeah, and all the episodes I've been on have something to do with Centauri biology. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <sighs> yeah. First one had uh, we're explaining uh, to Ivanova. Second one, we learned that they have two hearts, and now Londo has a heart attack. Yeah, did you remember they had two hearts? No, I thought that I was learning that for the first time, actually. Uh. Yeah, I didn't remember, but for some reason I wasn't surprised. Maybe in my mind somewhere I retained that information. I was pretty much said what I'm pretty sure I said the last time, which uh, was that Centauri are related to Time Lords. Kind of, except um, apparently... The Centauri uh, left heart acts more like a liver. Mm-hmm. Maybe they diverged uh, evolutionarily along the line, and that's. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, crossed over into different universe. <laughs> Whatever. All of space exists in the same universe. <laughs> this is true. Uh, so I mean, it's it's interesting that Franklin's giving this. Um, talk to Sheridan because you would have thought by now Sheridan would know a bit more about um, Centauri biology, you know? Why? He just doesn't really care. Uh, well, remember season two, there was this whole fear that they'd have to fight the Centauri and so they were learning to fight them. Uh, Alright, it's just, uh, it was just, that was when the uh, Centauri and uh, Narn War was still going on. They were learning how to fight them biologically? Well, no, they were using uh, fighter pilots, but I would have thought he would have at least uh, asked um, 
Franklin, so, uh, you know, weird Do they have two hearts? <laughs> well, not necessarily, but still, it it feels like the only reason this is here is to exp- tell the audience why the men uh, said Tali have two hearts and why it's a bad thing. I mean, it really was kind of extraneous information. I don't think we needed that information. No, not really. Though it was kind of funny. I don't know if it was just me, but it seemed like Franklin was pointing to the right heart every time he said the left heart. And I thought maybe, maybe the film was flipped. That or Franklin really doesn't know his left from his right. <laughs> well, I hope he does when he goes in or whatever. He's operating or whatever. I didn't notice that my notes just say that uh, Herida needs an interstellar alliance bag. <laughs> <laughs> He's the president, he should wear one. <laughs> or crown or a scepter or something. <laughs> he, well, he's just wearing a suit, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah. There's nothing to say, hey, I'm the president. How long has he had his, his goatee and or his beard thingy? Well, he, yes, he... he grew a beard since he when he was in prison. Oh, yeah. And then I'm he, not sure I'm a had, big fan. He, he's had the goatee since the end of season um, four when he was... When we saw the plus to the future. Yeah, I don't really like it that much. But I suppose it's going to be here all season, so I'll have to deal with it. <laughs> uh, oh, still, so actually, um, we do learn in this that, you know, um, Londo is probably going to have to bite it out on his own, that there's nothing really medically they can do. So that's that gives us the reason why we see everything else in this episode. And we're back round to when Delenn and uh, Sheridan are watching over Malari. I think this is close enough to a dream that Heidi can get points for her prediction. <laughs> oh, I think yeah. so. The only problem, though, was that after hearing that thing that JMS would have liked to have done, <laughs> then this was, like, really close to a Christmas carol, and I was just like, okay. But yeah. it could have been that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And why didn't... I, I feel like they if they had brought the wives on, that would have been better oh, as well. Oh, that would have been awesome. They would, yes. I mean, even if they were in the dreams instead, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, we could have done the wives instead of Delenn. Hmm. Or Sheridan. But for still, Jakar. that's a good... Anybody except for Jakar. <laughs> it, it, it's still, it's a good way of transitioning because here we start with um, Sheridan and Delenn watching over... Malari and then basically say never seen him this still um, and you have Del- Delane um, say what she said about Malari which transitions us into the first dream sequence you know and I mean it's meant to be drow- brown sector he's wandering through in his dream here Okay. yeah so instead of Delane he comes upon um what uh, uh, kind of Delenn in the guise of a um, wise woman slash um, oh, a fortune teller. That's it. That's the word I was looking for. And Londo didn't look at those cards. Very hard. No, I mean, did did you pause it when, uh, or go back and take a look at it when she said it's your past? I did yeah. not. No, I didn't either. There yeah, was one. You... There was one Sorry. card with Londo and Jakar, then there was one card with Londo and Veer, one with Londo and Adira, one with Londo and the Shadows, 
one with Londo in front of the bombing of the Narn homeworld, and one with uh, Londo and I think it was Reef and Cartasia. Okay. Yeah. And he has his future. No. Not Morden? No, they use no the shadows. They use the shadow <laughs> ship. <laughs> oh, what if Clarence was in Londo through sequence? It's just a bunch of stuff that we don't know happens between Londo and Clarence. Like, yeah. they're just not on the show, but they have a, a big history. That's right. Yeah. I would think that oh. uh, Morden, since he was like what Londo actually, like, interacted with of the Shadows, I would think that he would have played, like, a bigger part in Londo's than the good, actual good Shadows. Good point. That would have you been amazing. Now I'm thinking that um, we should have had Clarence in the Linear and Veer scene. Yeah. Sure. Uh, making it the three of them, that would have actually been quite funny. Yeah. Uh, yes. I would have enjoyed it. Yeah. Um... Clarence could have taken any role, and I would have enjoyed it. He could have been the fortune teller. <laughs> um, what did you make of this whole little uh, sequence of <laughs> Dream Dilemma being really vague and uh, Londo having to decide he wants to live? Um, Dream Dilemma was much like real Dilemma. <laughs> yeah. And Londo asked if anyone back home would uh, care if he lived or not, but... Uh, through the whole episodes, there are people uh, on the station right outside his room who care. Oh, yeah, and there's yeah. at least one person that would miss his death. Yeah. His wife, you know. And Veer. Oh, that was the one? Wait, that one? went huh? by Veer or something. Yeah. No, Veer would on the station, but back home. Oh. We're not including the oh. station. Back home on Centauri Prime. Okay. Um, Yeah. Would the she? one surviving wife. She would. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You say so. Well, I believe I mean, so, anyway. Well, he saved his life, so... I mean, I guess first you have to get Londo to admit that he wants to live, right? Yeah. And then come to terms with going forward. In terms of coming to terms with going forward, next three sequence we have uh, starts when V is walking away going and going into a lift and you get this nice camera tilt and the colour changes and that's how you transition into this next dream sequence. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that uh, and the kink in Sheridan's uniform reminded me of Sensei. Oh, oh, very nice. Because yes, that, that's who he meets next in his dream. It's Sheridan in different guises, you know, his uniform changes throughout this. Until he's finally um, in something we haven't seen him in before, but we have seen the costume before, and that's all I can say. I feel like I I took note of the costume as the first time I watched it, but then the second time I was kind of not paying attention. So I think I he, might have to go back and look at it again. Yeah, he goes from wearing the Earth Force uniform to wearing no um, overshirt and just having the white shirt, which we've seen. To the Army of Light uniform, into his president gear, and then he's wearing a robe. And we have seen that robe before. And we've seen the bag that's on it. Yes, we have. Oh, wasn't he wearing like a ranger type? Is that what it was? Oh, that's close I enough. I remember he looked like a ranger kind. Yeah, you're close enough. Um, I, I can't say any more. <laughs> I really can't. If you haven't picked up on what it is yet then saying anything more will be spoilery. Okay. 
Yeah, uh, basically they're having a conversation here. Um, and we find out that um, Londo actually knows about um, Sheridan's shortened lifespan. Right. I really like the speech that Sheridan gives here about that, uh, how everything is about how we live in out the moments before we die. It's a nice summary of uh, the theme of Babylon 5 about choices and consequences and all that. Mm, definitely. But at the same time, these, of course, are all parts of Londo's personality. Maybe except from Jakar. Um, but in, in in terms of this whole bit with um, Sheridan, uh, JMS says that um, Londo actually knew about um, Sheridan's uh, whole thing with uh, Lorianne because people would have talked about it. But I'm not sure personally. I kind of like the theory that it's part of the dream sequence and... He's somehow got access to things he wouldn't, he would normally not know about. Mm, that changes things, though, How in terms so? of like what's going on. Because if he yeah. knows things that he's not supposed to know, that makes this a psychic thing versus just he, an internal struggle. Yeah, it's it. It could be an internal struggle, although um, there's another theory at the end that's put forward about souls. You mean the whole question he ta- when he talks to Veer? Yeah. Um, so, so after all of that, I think um, we, we uh, go to a advert break, and when we come back, uh, London's not getting worse from the looks of it. Is this where they take his shirt apart and we get to see um, his appendages? I think briefly, yes. If you're looking for it. Uh, uh, looking for it? <laughs> it was like right there. <laughs> and it was more than brief. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Franklin actually does some medicine here and try tries to stabilize him. Um, but we cut back and forth between that and the dream he's having. Um, my notes aren't that clear on this bit. I'm, I'm not quite sure what part of dream, the dream he's having. Because I think that, the, sorry. Uh, according to my notes, this is the part where Weir shows up. Oh, yes. I thought he showed up after this bit, but yes, he shows up here. Um, and, of course, Dream Veer is trying to motivate him. Yeah, and reminds him of the people on the station. Yeah. And he doesn't want to turn around because he knows who's going to be behind him. Yeah. Uh, because we're about to get to this whole bit with Jakar and Dream Jakar, or is it a fragment of who Jakar used to be that's left behind? I got the feeling that uh, Jakar was saying what uh, Londo was thinking, but uh, pretended not to think. Hmm. What do you make of this whole thing with Jagar? I still took it as uh, Londo's subconscious, like Melanie said. Like, I think, I don't think that there's an outside force coming in and talking in his head because, let's face it, Kosh is dead. Yeah, um, yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's just, yeah, Londo, like, things that he doesn't want to admit and uh, doesn't like about here they are. 
Yeah, it's probably you're probably right with that. Um, I think it's but... like well, <clears throat> so Londo wants to live. Or he's admitted, he's decided that he wants to live, but he's afraid because he has so much guilt, or there's so much baggage that goes along with him coming back. There's Jakar that's always there, and he has to like live with what he did. So it's not necessarily like. He's going to go back and it's going to be life and it's going to be great. I mean, he's going back to this Londo that he that made these bad choices and mm. he has to reconcile himself to that and figure out how to deal with that before he can go back, you know, and he has to learn how to live with that. And that's what they're getting at with. I mean, that's that's where Jakar is bringing. I'm surprised he hasn't said sorry. Um, mm. well, I would have thought he had, but. From what I remember, yeah. he he apologizes, but he doesn't say sorry. If you get what I mean, yeah. he, right. apolog- he apologizes for getting caught. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, like <clears throat> we know he's sorry as viewers. I think we've we've seen that he is. Yeah, but you've got to remember, it's really hard for Lando because in Centauri society, it's all about appearances and. To show someone your real face, that's really hard to do. Yeah, he doesn't like to admit it. No, absolutely he doesn't. But I think part of this was getting him to realize that he was sorry. And I feel like he already had realized that. So I thought it was a little bit, a little bit extra. Um, Okay. You know, stuff that we had already kind of seen happening with him. Um they made it to a point where, okay, physically, yes, he's never, like, truly apologized to Jakar, which is fine. Like, his pride would yes, yeah. let him go that far. Now, uh, do you like the metaphor there that uh, they switch things up in the um, whole torture sequence? I like Jakar's performance as the mm-hmm. Emperor. That was great. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. really awesome. And a bit like that uh, episode that we didn't get... Uh... Yeah, where everyone's playing different roles. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting that Jakar was really getting on him for not doing something beforehand. You know, this whole thing where... Because Jakar was refusing to scream, and Londo was trying to get him to scream. And, I mean, his point obviously was, it doesn't matter about me. You know, you could have done something more for other Narns. Um, I don't know. It just felt a little weird, though. Yeah, that's what I think. Why I think that uh, Kiekar was saying what Londo was thinking. Yeah, I mean he does. He has a lot of guilt, and he shouldn't really. I mean, I don't know what's going to go on from here. Like, going to be like, okay, I've said sorry, you know, um, or if he'll still be sort of racked with guilt, or if this relieves some of that. Hmm. I at the very end, the metaphor gets a little bit heavy when he, you know, smashes the glass floor and you know literally jump starts his own heart right 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 yeah uh so we do get the end scene and he does he does apologize to jakar and if i hadn't if i hadn't seen the dream sequence here i probably would have looked like we did yeah but i'm 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 surprised jakar actually heard heard it for you know or perhaps you read um lando's lips you know, because you have, you've got the medical glass in between them. Right. And Londo at this point is barely whispering. I think it was obvious what he was saying. I don't know. 
Hmm, it probably was. I, well, I read his lips and I'm usually not that good at lip reading, so Jakar probably did that. Okay, finally before, of course, before the final, final scene with Lanier, we got this whole thing with Lando in the hospital bed and they have the awful joke about hospital food. Yeah, I thought it would be funny if they said... Oh, this actually was for the pack morale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They come fun. in and get it. Oh, whoops, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we do have the discussion. The discussion about the Centauri legend of a good soul trapped in an awful body. Yeah. What was all that about again? <laughs> That's kind well, of my reaction to <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> apparently the legend goes that there's a, a, a legend of a legendarily good soul trapped inside the body of someone akin to Hitler. And then in order for the soul to escape, it causes the body to die. Okay. So in order for this to apply to the situation, the soul didn't, the body didn't die and the, the bad guy stayed in his own body? Well, apparently, according to legend, if someone goes through this and survives, they're changed forever and for, oh, usually right. for the okay. better. So okay. the whole idea is if they come out of a situation like this, they're a better person. So it really is just like a Christmas carol. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, I feel like Londo already did some of this himself, you know, without... I feel like we already kind of saw Londo was on the path to better and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so this but, is just sort of... But there's always that part of you that doubts what you're doing and um, those bits of your subconscious where things need to be resolved properly, mm-hmm. even if you think you're doing the right thing still. And that's yeah. really what this was about. I think um, Londo dealing with some mental baggage so he can actually go forward and hopefully do the right thing now. And, I mean, that's kind of where it's left, you know. Londo's in a hospital bed recovering and Lanier's off the station. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're really not in much of a different place than we were when we started, but... um... Well, Lanier's gone. Yeah, Lanier's gone. See ya, Lanier. And Lindner wasn't I, even in last episode, was he? Uh, no. no, he wasn't. No. Um, so I'm going to go on to what uh, JMS said about some of this episode, and I'll, I'll actually start with um, Linear stuff. Um, Bill Mummy is still on the show because some people were worrying. There's a bit of a break with his character going off to Angler Shock Training or Ranger Training, but he does come back. Um, uh, so, you know, he's not gone for good. As I said, uh, apparently, yeah, apparently, uh, Sheridan's shortened lifespan, apparently it's common knowledge, at least among the inner circle of the Alliance. So there's a few, there's several people, say it's Jakar, Londo, Delane, of course, by now Garibaldi. Um, Franklin knows, of course. I reckon Lockley knows because she's part of the everyday running of the sit- uh, station. And maybe, Why is that relevant? Maybe one or two people. Know. Maybe she doesn't know. Maybe she doesn't know. But, you know, if, if something goes wrong on the station or 
you know, and Sheridan's put in danger, maybe she might have to be told about this. I don't know. Wait, but that it, he, he has a 20-year lifespan? All, all that JMS says is that it's known within the inner circle of the Alliance Advisory Board. Like, um, don't save him. He's only going to live another 20 yeah. years. Focus yeah, on we've already else. seen a scene where that included a few people and uh, uh, Captain Lockley was there, but maybe this whole thing isn't given to her. Um, and on the point that uh, Londo has apologised before, um, basically Melanie, your writer, JMS says more or less the same thing, that he, he was sorry you got caught, not necessarily sorry he did it. I don't know. I feel like he was sorry. And that's, I mean, that's that's what it seemed like to me. Why else would he start trying to make amends? Okay. Um, okay, and, um, just going through a few more things. The whole thing he wanted to do a story called The Very Long Night of Susan Ivanova. He says he... Uh, took the title and inspiration for the episode and changed it. It wasn't going to be anything like this episode. He just adjusted it. Did it say what it was going to be? Ah, uh, he doesn't say that. No. Um, that they actually changed the lighting in um the scene and then pushed it even further in post production. So where you actually see the scene change between. Londo and uh, sorry, Veer and Londo. That that all of that was done in camera with a little additions later on. Um, that's really all he has to say about the episode. Uh, I think we can move on to favorite human. Sucker. <laughs> I think in a way he might actually qualify this week because he he got a thankless job at the start of the episode. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay, right, Will, if you, when you listen to this, put Will down on the table, sorry, put Zach down on the table. I was almost going to say Franklin, and then I was like, no, because Franklin didn't actually do anything. He just said, yeah. oh, sorry. But he tried, he tried really Well, he did. Um, <clears throat> so I was actually in Franklin. I mean, actually, I'm fine with Zach, much, but... but he did, he did what he could, um, but I think Zach deserves it, yeah. Because it was a thankless job, and he'll get the blame for this. Yeah, he's getting beat up on a lot. Yeah. And um, I'm fairly certain uh, that uh, Londo's going to get Alien of the Week, unless there's any other nominations. Uh, Dakar. For... I, uh, always vote for, I always vote for Veer, but I'm fine with Londo and, uh, or Dakar. Heidi, what do you uh... say? Let's see. I was actually leaning towards beer. Uh, um, I'm happy to switch it to beer. Uh, what do you say, Beth? Uh, I mean that's fine. I mean there's three three votes. I'm gonna stick with Jakar. Okay, okay. Well, um, let's give it to beer then. Okay then. I think we're going on to quotes, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Who wants to start? I have one. Um, this is Londo. Do you know what this is? No, I can see you do not. You have that vacant look in your eyes that says, hold my head to your ear, you will hear the sea. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh. I, have, I have one. It's yeah. Veer. Prophecy is a guess that comes true. When it doesn't, it's a metaphor. 
I feel like uh, that quote mm. applies to the Whedon verse, like in Buffy and Angel, <laughs> with all of the prophecies. Um, I didn't quite make note of it, but um, this, uh, you got the Londo one. Oh, here, take this shoe. It'll be as much use to her as he is. I don't know. There's not that many good quotes for some reason. Okay, I do have one more yeah. if um, you don't. And yeah, I've go got, for it. Yeah, I've got this um, between Vera and Lanier, as Mr. Garibaldi would say, it's been one hell of a day. Yes, one hell of a day. A hell of a year. Uh, a hell of a five years. A hell of a life. You win. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. Hello? Okay. No, I was just making sure there weren't any more quotes there. Oh, yeah. No. And no. I think we're timed. Sorry. I think it's about time we rated it. So, Melanie, as our guest, you get to go first. Okay. I like this episode, but uh, I really think it could have been uh, earlier sometime in season four, which uh, maybe it would have been if... Uh, uh, GMS hadn't had to rush it. Uh, I like uh, the uh, confrontation between Lando and uh, Dream Kyakar, uh, and uh, I will rate it 8.8 with a uh, bonus uh, for uh, the scene with uh, Vera and Lanier at the bar, 0.5, and final rating 9.3 turnaround. Cool. Okay, Heidi, you're next. Um, I liked the Lanier storyline best, which kind of uh, says something, because I was highly annoyed during a lot of it. Um, the Londo story, I think we've uh, pretty much said it, but it, it wasn't anything that hadn't already happened in his mind before, I feel like, and so, um, I don't know, I feel like we were just saying out loud what we had already seen through action. Um, so yeah, most of the dream sequence was kind of boring to me. I wasn't really that invested in it. And I'm going to give it um, a 6 out of 10 Shirley Temple. Mm. Well, Beth, any better? Any worse? No! Mm. Um, you know, oh... I was pretty annoyed with the episode the first time I watched it because, for one thing, I don't normally like dream episodes that much. I just feel like they don't, I don't know, they just don't move the plot. Or if they do, it's just all, I don't know. We're restless. <laughs> so there's that. But two, yeah, I mean, it's not like we learn a lot of new insight into Londo. And it's not like I thought he was going to die. Um, so it wasn't really, I didn't really think, oh, maybe he's going to die. Um, so, and it was, I mean, the Jakar was great in terms of, like, just the acting of Andreas Katsulas. That was great. But again, I felt like we've had so many Londo Jakar fights over the same thing, which is understandable considering Londo was, a, you know, one of the architects of the genocide. But at the same time, for us as viewers, you know, you can't rehash something so many times um, until, you know, you kind of get tired of it, no matter how weighty it is. The Lanier stuff annoyed me. Um, but I thought it was going to be really, really tough to watch it a second time. And it wasn't as bad, as tough as I thought. So I was able to pick up a little bit more on the nuances of the acting, I think. 
um, from about midway on when I was really paying attention. So, um, so that kind of helped. But all in all, I thought it was a bit of a, a filler episode. And I don't think it had the weight to me the, the, as maybe it was intended. Um, so I'm going to have to give it six Centauri Anatomy lessons. Okay. Well, uh, I have to give my own rating now. Will, uh, we'll leave the heels next week or maybe you're going to add something in here. But my rating, well, I artistically really liked some of this episode and the way it was lit and filmed in the dream sequences. Um, I liked Dream Delenn in terms of how she was portrayed. Um, there's lots of little bits I like in this episode. Um, but you're right in the fact they don't add up to anything new. It, it, you know, um, it's, I knew a lot of this stuff, but uh, as you keep on saying, it, Mel, uh, Melanie, I think you're right in terms it would it would have worked better uh, halfway through season four sometime. Um, I always like the scenes with, um, Vera and Linnea, that that really is the highlight of the episode in this. Um, so I'm going to have to give it seven and a half out of ten. Um, I've lost my rating system now. Um, oh, what was it? Um, seven and a half out of ten. Hell of a weeks. So I'm uh, I'm. I think until Will weighs in on his rating, we can't exactly give it an overall score. Hey guys, this is Will with some late night thoughts on the very long night of Lando Malari. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the episode. It was really good. Um, some of it, the Lando stuff was a little bit of a change of pace. Kind of... Um, Reminded me of that Fever Dream episode JMS said he wanted to do, but it was different. And got to see Londo finally a little bit confront some of his actions of the past. And it's good to see him apologize to Jakar. I wasn't sure how to read the expression on Jakar's face, though, when he apologized. And I feel really bad for Lanier. I know, I guess, anybody that's been in position where he kind of feel like a third wheel feel you know kind of sucks to be him but he's going off and joining the rangers wonder i know how that's going to turn out uh i do know but yeah um but overall i really enjoyed the episode i would give it eight and a half out of ten uh, eight and a half out of ten uh slanted beds that Sheridan and Delenn sleep on together and I'll talk to you next time bye but I think it's a fairly weak episode and so far two episodes in season 5 isn't doing that well <laughs> let's get into feedback shall we I'll tell you what let's take a psychedelic dream sequence into feedback land Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> okay um as always, we start, well, almost always, we start with a comment from Vord99, not Vord69 this time. 
spoilers for the very long night of London Manali. Uh, we've just watched it, so no worries there. Londo is my favourite character on B5, and this is obviously one of the critical episodes in his overall story. I hope the ambassadors aren't too hard on it. <laughs> too late for uh, But it would be understandable if... See, it, but I would understand if seeing as they are... Seeing as these episodes are right after finishing season four, and they find the pacing has gotten a little sluggish in comparison, this is not the only way in which the episode is damaged by the unfortunate fact that series four had to be written as if it was last season, and that season five happened anyway. One aspect of the acceleration of the developments in season four is that the London Jakar relationship had to be put on fast forward and we have to see them become friends that we know from War Without End to Voluminium. <laughs> For some reason, that's the abbreviation of the very long night of Lada Minari. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's actually down there. Um... It's pretty obviously a story that was originally intended for earlier in the process and got cut for efficiently, only to be revoked for early season five. Nevertheless, it's still a moment that's part of why I love London Malari and is one of the great... Uh, sorry, nevertheless, it's still a moment that's part of why... Londa Malari is one of the greatest characters in all of televised sci-fi. Thank you, Vord. Thanks, Vord. Thanks, Vord. Thanks, sir. Who's going to take Laurie and Carl's? Okay, I can take it. Um, Hello, ambassadors, commanders, and visitor. Really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on this one. I'm guessing that you all will like it a lot, (laughs) as we get not only a lot of Londo, Veer, and Lanier, but even some Zack. Alas, no Clarence. Assume he was off running the station while Captain Lockley is getting up to speed. This was another episode that I really remembered well, especially the telltale heart effect. Looks a little dated now, but I think still very effective at building tension. Carl and I did not have too much running commentary as we were both pretty engrossed in the story. And so wish we could see the weekly Veer and Lanier happy hours. Anyone for a Shirley Temple? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. And now for the commentary. Delenn and Sheridan on the tilted bed. That is very weird. The Mimbari with the goatee. They do not have hair, so it makes no sense. All capitalized. <laughs> and it is very creepy as well. I agree. <laughs> I actually think about it. There was another Mimbari that had facial hair, I remember. Yeah. yeah. A very famous one, actually. Uh, was that again? Um, it's the limit. Uh, it, it's the leader from in the beginning, and I'm like, you know, his name, which I really shouldn't do because I'm the expert. Uh, okay. you know, the great leader that got killed at the Ducat? start. Yeah, Ducat. Ducat. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ducat. that's right. Well, he's the leader. He can do whatever he wants, I guess. He can even grow facial hair. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Londo and his Bravari. Someone please just quote the entire scene. <laughs> Carl thinks Londo cannot die since he has not become emperor yet, and that would break the prophecy. That's right. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Lanier, Unless yeah, it's no, we've seen him in the future. What? Sorry? Unless it's a metaphor. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have the future? See, we have yeah. seen the future. Uh, I forgot that. Yeah. Lanier leaving. Poor Lanier. What? But it is the right decision. <laughs> I guess, I agree it's the right decision. He needs to go, but I'm sorry for him. Okay. Londo's dream space is very interesting, especially since seeing Delenn as a tarot card reader. It seemed a bit like a scene out of Carnival. I have not seen that. Have you guys seen that? The red liquid coming out of the cards looks like cherry medicine. <laughs> I know I assume it's supposed to be blood. Delenn looked more human as a tarot card reader. Anyone else think that? I did. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think she was wearing her brain crest. Did anyone else guess what the word was? What was the word? What do you think about? At the time, there was a word that he had to say in the... Oh, our card scene, and it was sorry, um, right? Yeah, so oh, you, okay. you go back and watch it a second yeah. or third time, you realise the word is sorry. I right, remember okay. that, like I remember hearing that, but I didn't connect it. That's true. Loved the scene with Veer at the bar with Lynn. Someone please quote the, that whole scene as well. <laughs> we got parts. Of it. We did. Carl noted that main characters always stand in the middle of the elevator so that no one else can get on. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> They're also full of themselves. Yeah. Assume you all noticed that Sheridan's clothes kept changing in the dream, but that Londo stayed the same. Sheridan eventually turns into light and evolves, like a Vorlon. Interpretations? Is Londo having a prophetic dream? No, he's probably, uh, well, wait, does he know what happened in Claire? He doesn't, uh, does he? No. I no. was going to say maybe it's like he's uh, getting Sheridan and Sinclair mixed up like we do. But... <laughs> well, Sinclair became a Mumbari, though. Yes, but, you know, it changes in a dream. <laughs> oh. Oh, was he wearing a Vorlon um, outfit? No. No. Confused. no. But, oh, but maybe he was wearing something like that guy did at the very end of the last season. Um, a prophetic dream. I mean, it might be one of those things where it's like to us. It's future information, but, like, in-universe, is Londo being, like, prophetic? I don't know. That's that's hard to say from the from the text. Yeah. Maybe just one of those shout-outs to, to the audience. Or something that you'll, like, get, go on, like, you know, like, uh, people go back and it's like, oh, Londo knew. Right, yes. Uh, hopefully not. Because that's just weird when you start giving people these powers, you know, just for, like, a second. Um, like floating. In, yes, thank you. Except for, <laughs> yeah, that. In the bar, Carl wants to know why you can clearly see the curvature of the station. The station is fairly large, so it does not make sense. <laughs> well, they created a round bar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just a small part of the, I don't know, quotes, if not taken. Um, I don't think we said this one. No. Londo, all of the bottles here are empty? The metaphor is getting a bit thick, don't you think? Beer. Get a hobby. Read a book or something. <laughs> Overall, Carl really liked how they experimented with lots of different video techniques in the Londo dream sequences, and also used lots of repetition and poetic language to convey that it was a dream. Carl's ratings. Three finely aged Bravari. Ship, White Star. Set, Delenn's fortune telling. <laughs> Species, Narn. Human, Franklin's assistant. <laughs> oh, before you go any further, I forgot to talk about Franklin's assistant. Played by Aiko Morrison and a little bit of um, intracast cross pollination here. She was in the Veronica Mars movie. Oh, really? Oh. Who did she play? I forgot to actually make a note of that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but I think I've got uh, 
things open, so I'll be able to find out one second. She was also in Da Vinci's Inquest. And everyone who what uh, listens to Intro to X will know how important that show is. No. Um, in Veronica Mars, Veronica Mars movie, she plays Mrs. Crane or, or Quinn. Q U A N? Quan? Mrs. Quan? Hmm. I don't know how important that character is. I haven't seen the movie yet. I remember. I don't remember. Ah. Sorry, uh, I think we should go back to the feedback. Okay. Uh, plot, vision quest, wooing relationship. What could have been between Lanier and Delenn? Ugh, Carl. <laughs> Dramatic moment, I'm sorry. Comedic <laughs> moment, when you survive your life and death moment, you should at least get some good food. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Actor, Peter Jurisic. Camera work, the GoPro shot in the bar. Lori, rating, 9.5 Shirley Temples. <laughs> nice rating, Lori. <laughs> Human, Zach, and alien, Blondo with fear in close... She's right there with us. Yeah. Yeah, and that's... Think, uh, thanks, guys. Yeah, I think our next bit of feedback is a new feedbacker, Pinky. I think we've gotten uh, feedback from Pinky before. Okay, I must have forgotten. Maybe you weren't on the... Okay, Um, I'll take this one. Greetings down below, lurkers. How exciting that you have already reached Season 5, and I have caught up with you. <laughs> Finally, I can get some stuff off my chest that would have been too spoilerific earlier. I was crushed by the passing of Marcus. When he first arrived, I didn't like him. By mid-season four, I loved him, and I still get emotional when he goes off to Her reaction to what he did is both heartbreaking and comedic. I always loved her odd humor. As for Ivanova going off on a shakedown tour, I nearly cried, and when I learned of the off-screen reason, I was furious. I still have a heavy sense of regret when watching from here on. She was always my favorite, and now we have a new season without two of the bestest characters. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's safe to say that when it first aired, I went into season five in a grump. I hear you. Now, Byron. Oh my gosh, I hate him so much. Erg. There's something about that Pantene shampoo advert-worthy smug face that just makes me want to punch it. (laughs) Repeatedly. (laughs) He brings out the violence in me as he exudes a B5 martyr-like slash cult leader attitude. And that's all I will say about him for now. You know, that might be BS martyr-like. <laughs> Our new station commander at Lockley was a hard pill to swallow initially. I did warm to her eventually once I'd had time to grieve the loss of Ivanova and Mark. And after repeated viewings, came to appreciate her as a strong character in her own right. The overall feel of season 5 is so different. A lot of the reasons for this were the result of behind-the-scenes real-life circumstance, and again, it took me a while to warm to it. Having later learned a bit of what could have been, I was still bitter for quite a while. But there are some really good episodes in season 5 and some wonderful development of the remaining characters to come. Things are very different now. From here, we see what happens after the big battles. How do our heroes cope and pick up the pieces? Can the rifts be repaired, and will the power vacuum bring and what will the power vacuums bring to we might be missing Ivanova though at least Clarence is back Yay. although sadly underutilized <laughs> as always we have a gathering of telepaths trying to escape Psychor, the remnants of xenophobic earther extremists awkward alliances and of course the self-righteous continuing with their personal mission coughed <laughs> Hopefully I'll get myself organized enough to send in episode-relevant feedback in the future. I look forward to hearing what you have to say about what's coming. Human, 
Clarence, Alien Jakar. <laughs> Season overall rating, 7.23. Dramatic hair flip. Keep up the great work and always boff the ones you love. Ooh, good <laughs> Pinky, not the brain. Oh, <laughs> thank you, Pinky. And, yep, last of all, we've got feedback from Jan. So... Hello to ambassadors and veterans. Well, only one of me this week and guest of the Down Below podcast. Here's some feedback for season five, episode two, the very light, long night of London Malari. Really, really should be shortened to Lundbra or whatever it was. <laughs> It'll be a different abbreviation every time I say it, I think. Let's get the B story done first. Linnea has decided to leave B5 and Delenn in order to become a ranger. Remember in Comes the Inquisitor when he said something like, doing the right thing for the wrong reason corrupts the act? Yeah. Well, I don't remember him saying that, but that's pretty much... Yeah, well, he did actually say that himself, so yeah. It's funny, because if you just write Linnea decided to leave B5 and Delenn in order to become a ranger, it's like... It sounds so, you know, fine and good. Yeah, until you include the part where he's leaving to become a better person that Delengen like more. Oh boy. Uh, tell me, ambassadors, do you think Delen? Sorry, do you think Lanier is doing the right thing for the right reason? No, I think we've. I think covered. we've made that clear. <laughs> yeah. And then there's poor old Londo. He has a heart attack and ends up in a coma dream having to face his conscious in the shape of Delenn, Sheridan, and, of course, Jakar. Hey, you forgot beer. <laughs> Did you notice that Sheridan appears to Londo? I'm not going to do that and re- say that. I really should ignore what he says there. Yeah, sorry, I you already read- saw it. I haven't been reading along with you, so... Okay, um, maybe you won't realise what that means. <laughs> I only noticed this after many rewatches. I did not. Is that not in line with something Zaffa said? I'm not going to say that either. Um, Londo finally realizes which word he has to use to acknowledge his conscience. And he wakes up seeing Jakar, who looks worried for him. I guess some of you have already got good quotes, so I did not have time to write any down. Favourite characters Human, Franklin It can be Sheridan too often <laughs> It's hardly ever Sheridan <laughs> No, <laughs> We have kind of a moratorium on certain people getting we of do. the week They have to have a really good episode to get it yeah. <laughs> Alien, this goes to Londo because even if it took him a long time he did get to say what he needed Rating, I quite like this episode even though not too much happened. So we'll give it an 8 out of 10 apologies from the heart. That is all for this time. Be careful for you rented the wheel of fire. Getting out is the tricky part. Jan, the Babylon Lurker. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, Jan. Thanks, everyone, for your feedback. Thank you. And I believe you can send feedback to mail at downbelowcast.com. And if I'm wrong, we'll... Re- Correct me in the closing credits, so hang around for a little while longer. Okay, so it's time we did predictions, I believe. Okay, let's go for it. Are you ready? 
Yep. The next episode is episode three, The Paragon of Animals. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> F you, JMS. <laughs> I feel like he's making up these titles just to mess with us. There's a word to scramble. Oh, uh, well. The Paragon of Animals. I can't give you... Oh, no, go first before I give you any clues. Yeah, don't give us any clues. Um, okay. The Have we seen any animals on this show? What the heck? We saw the bug that Londa was trying to kill. And <laughs> Is there going to be, be a, a new zoo on Babylon 5? That they're <laughs> going... Remind me what Paragon means exactly. I mean, I have a vague idea. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Because I want to know too. Okay. Really? So... Uh, I was about to tell you that if you look up the Paragon of Animals, it's part of a quote from Shakespeare. Oh. Okay. The German title is easier to understand. Beth, are you looking up Paragon? Yeah, it's a person I'm... or thing regarded as a perfect example of a particular quality. Okay, I'm going to look up... It's a quality, though, not a noun. Um... Or a person or thing viewed as a model of excellence. So, like, what would be the paragon of animals? Like, humans? Mentally? Quote Shakespeare. (laughs) Still loading. (laughs) Hello. Wake up. Uh, I only gave you that bit because it's so obscure, this title. Oh, here we go. Even for a Babylon 5 title, it's obscure. Um, it's man. Man is the paragon of animals? Yeah, but it's, it's a whole paragraph from Hamlet. Okay. It's a monologue. What a piece of work is man. Um, what a piece of work is man. How noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form and moving, how express and admirable. In action, how like an angel. In apprehension, how like a god. The beauty of the world, the paragon of animals. And yet to me, what is this quintessence of dust? Man delights not me. No, nor woman neither. Though by your smiling you seem to say so. Um... It's from Hamlet to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Okay. <clears throat> well, that really doesn't uh, help in predicting what the heck this episode's about at all, does it? Um, so when Hamlet is saying, well, humans may appear to think and act nobly, they're really essentially dust. Um, so Earth is going to be stupid again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything could really happen in this episode, so that doesn't help. No. Um, though it has to do with something with man. Let's hope it has to do with size. Ooh. Oh, interesting. Because if you think about it, size would be the paragon of man in in some respects. Um, so... Okay. Fudge. Okay. Um, so, um, I don't know. But I have a question. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know how we were doing when, uh, the last episode of season four... How saw that scene of the station being taken over? Mm-hmm. Um, I think somebody said or, or was in the episode that the people that were holding him hostage were the size. I I wonder if those are the size that are taking refuge on the ship. I would guess yes. Yeah, it's interesting why they did that. Because we know that that's going to happen, so it's like right. why would they bring in another separate? Yeah. Um, so something's gonna go down with, wrong with that group. Yeah. That cult, really. Right. Um, okay, so I don't know. Do you have any predictions for the Paragon of... No, but okay. I have predictions about Lanier. Oh, okay. Okay, let's hear this. So, Lanier is going to go away and train 
and like become um, even more like warrior like than the warrior cast. Uh, <laughs> and he's gonna come back and uh, and think that he's going to sweep Jillette off her feet. <laughs> but then him and Sheridan will have to fight to the death. Oh my god. <laughs> My uh, prediction is very tongue-in-cheek, by the way. Yeah, I would assume. But, um, yeah, I don't know with, with Lanier. Is he a virgin? Probably. Um, he needs to just get some, really, I think. Just needs to get it all out. Uh, I don't know. Bester's, when do you think Bester's gonna come back? Like, how many episodes? I'll lay it all on the table and say next week. Wow. I would sort of, on part of me wants that to happen, and part of me doesn't want that to happen, so... I'm gonna say three episodes from now. I don't know why. I feel like it's. I feel like we have a size season and it's got to start sometime. Yeah, I agree. And um, what is Jakar gonna do? I don't know, but he needs a storyline. Yeah. Maybe he'll fall in love. Maybe. He hasn't had a. He hasn't had a romance. No, not like a real one. <laughs> just the one we made up. <laughs> or just like the the you know the ladies he had in his quarters or right the, yes yeah the innuendos he's throwing around uh-huh um he needs to leave that the, eye in his head though and um, the um propositions he's put out to certain telepaths exactly yeah oh yeah lita what's up with that he needs to come back uh i don't know paragon of animals i like the title in a weird way well now you know it comes from a shakespeare quote yeah Okay, well, I hope you've got no other predictions. I think it's time we leave. All right. So, see everybody next week for Paragon of Animals. Thanks for guesting, Melanie. Yeah, thanks, Melanie. Yeah, thank thanks you for, for coming me. along. Uh, have you started listening to any other podcasts or doing anything that you want plugging? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm just uh, listening. Okay. That's good. Yeah. Well, we look forward to more feedback from you in this last season. Yes, please. We need our Krakowian Veer fans, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll try to keep up uh, more this season. <laughs> <laughs> all the Veer all the Veer episodes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All okay. right, guys. Yeah, uh, I think it went well. Yeah. All right, bye. Yeah. Stroke bye. bye. Be seeing bye. you. Look for us on the web in iTunes and on Stitcher Radio. Also, downbelowpodcast.com, facebook.com slash group slash downbelowpodcast, and twitter.com slash downbelowcast. 